welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. It is me, Jarrett Curtis, coming at you with a brand new special episode. And listen, if I sound bad, I feel worse. Um, so hang on as uh, we get through this together. And struggling with me as my co-partner in crime, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Robbie. Robbie, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. I don't think I'm doing as bad as you but um i'm living with a family that is also coughing and sneezing and has aches and pains all over so we're surviving that's that's the thing right is like you being sick sucks but you being sick in a family full of sick people especially sick kids that's another level so like props to you man for surviving long enough to get to this episode tonight sick kids are tough great grayson kind of milks it he's at the age where he knows how to milk it like one second he's totally fine, like coloring or whatever, and then the second you ask him to do something, I can't. I'm sick. I need to rest. Like, dude, you were just like hopping up and down because you were excited about this thing that he made. Like he made a solar system, and he was so excited about it. And then like I asked him to pick up his toys, and then it's the end of the world. Right. I mean that if I made a solar system, I would also be jumping up and down. Um. So me and Grayson are kindred spirits because I, too, am choosing selectively when I don't feel good. Um, we are here with a new segment we like to call Magic Monthly. Um, it was the brainchild of uh, sort of this spur-of-the-moment trip that I was able to take to uh, Minneapolis for MagicCon, MagicCon 2023. Um, Robbie joined me for one of the days, and honestly, like it was an experience of a lifetime. And so uh, we wanted to give you guys some of the information that we learned there, talk about our experience a little bit. And um, while we got Robbie here as well, I wanted to talk about sort of his foray into magic and talk a little bit about his experience. Um, I think I've talked about mine pretty much at length. So um, Robbie, before we get started on the MagicCon stuff, uh, how did you get into Magic the Gathering? I started playing because my oldest brother was a player my oldest brother six years older than me um he was starting playing probably by the time he was 14 so i was eight um and he would just you know let me play with whatever decks that they had available him and his his friends and they played all throughout high school and then he played like into college and whatnot so i played with them until he eventually left and then once he left i completely stopped playing because i didn't have any cards of my own because i didn't have any money because i was a child and then I got more into, like, I went from Pokemon to, this is the wrong way to go. I went Pokemon, Magic, then Yu-Gi-Oh. So I my thing was Yu-Gi-Oh for a few years while he was I'm so sorry. moving on. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed Yu-Gi-Oh. It was fun because I would watch the show and then I would also buy the cards. Um, but eventually just dropped out of that completely. Um, kind of dropped all card collecting from the time I was 14 up until last year uh, when the Forgot Forgotten Realm set came out. Um, and that kind of caught my attention. Throughout the years, I had randomly bought, like, packs and stuff here and there, but it never, like, reignited the spark, right? Here's here's how magic and, and uh, card opening and the, the dopamine hits get you, is that the first pack that I grabbed of Forgotten Realms... No, I grabbed two packs. The first two packs that I grabbed were... Uh, the borderless Tiamat. Yep. And then borderless uh, Xanathar. Yep. <laughs> so, like, 
it was a foil. How can you not? Yeah. Foil. It was foil. And it's like, these cards are awesome. And like, and I'm, I'm just a big, I like big creatures. So like you give me the biggest dragon I can get, like, oh, now I need all of them. Like, can I get all the heads? Yes, you can. Okay. I'm going to try to collect them all. I still don't have all the heads, um, the, the separate dragons, but I'm working on it. Um, but that kind of got me back into it. And now I'm, uh, I've been a degenerate like card buyer for a year and a half. Um, and now I'm finally starting to make my own decks and starting to play more and really thinking about the actual game rather than just the collecting side. Cause if you happen to see the background, which I don't know if we're putting this video anywhere, I have a lot of collectibles. That's my thing. I like to collect things. Um, and cards are easier to collect and store smaller. So my wife doesn't like it, but I can hide them better. So that's sure. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, Robbie, you are official certified like magic player. Uh, we got into, it was like one of the few games I got the entire weekend. We were kind of crazy. Yeah, I only busy. got one game, right? Um, there's some interviews that'll come out and we'll talk about those in a little bit, but like, I did not have a chance to sit down and play much. And, um, me and Robbie got one game in and Robbie, th there was a top eight player who sat with us and he had brought, I think a chainer deck. Yeah. And it, it clearly very expensive, very well put together. Um, the it guy was, it was had, apparent within the first four turns that he was, his deck was a step above what we had. He sat, sits in our pod. And then we had another gentleman whose name I wish I remembered, um, who brought sort of a budget oh, brew that was, was really, pretty cool. really nice guy. Yeah. And so between the the three of us, we kind of came to a game of Arch Enemy. And yeah. man, Robbie put the team on his back. He was like swatting down uh, this high-level magic player. And like, I had to step away for a second because some shiny cards caught my eye. But you like embarrassed this dude. Yeah, and I think I made him kind of upset because I knew what I was going to do. And I like called over to you. I was like, I, I, I was like, you were like my dad and I was like a <laughs> yeah. kid and you weren't watching. Papa. Like, like I was about to hit a home run and you like went. I to took get a business phone you call. Went yeah. To go, yeah, you, you went to get nachos or took a phone call. Yep. I'm like, Jared, I'm about to wreck this guy. I didn't say that. I was like, Jared, I'm, I'm going to do something big. And I was like, come over here. And you were just like, I'm, I'm got to make sure I have the same lands. <laughs> yeah, that's because they have like they have like that's what it was. They have land bins there. So, like, Jarrett wants to have lands that are all look the same. So, he went and was, like, finicking through the land packs that they have. So, I, I, um, uh, gosh, I, I'm so bad with card names. Basically, I was able to overpower my, uh, Vorinclex and then give him as much power or, like, double his power. And then I was able to, is it Into the Wildness? Gosh, I should have my deck here. Um, I'm so bad with names. That's that's my one thing that I have to get better on with magic is just knowing names because people will just be like, oh yeah, you could have played this. And I would be like, I don't know what the freak you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's for those of you who are listening, he essentially like through the most like cockamamie um Rue Goldberg machine, he built his own like Craterhoof Behemoth uh with an army of little like tiny elves and then just completely overran this. It game. was it was only four, it was four of them, but they all hit for over twenty-five. All with twenty five plus trample, um, so hard to like, say no to that, right? Yeah, so he didn't have a chance. We ended up not doing the math. We he just he figured out how much like he could block, and that was it. We were like, okay, Obvi 
if we would have done the math, it would have been smarter for me to swing at everyone because I probably maybe could have cleaned the table. I could have cleaned at least two people because you had like one guy. The other guy we were playing with had like two guys. Like it would have been close, but I only had four to swing with. So it would have been. Plus it's when you're in that moment of like, and like the cards align and the heart of the cards is there. You kind of hit that adrenaline rush. And, and that's the thing. Just, it, yeah. it was the heart of the cards. Cause I had one card in my hand that I've been holding. And then I, the, the next card I drew was like, Oh, <laughs> and it made everyone so much stronger. I was like, if I play this first, which it was, I had to play an instant first. Was I never like doing that, but I played the instant. Then I played the sorcery and then just hit for over 25 with every single, with four different creatures with trample. And it, it felt good. It was an adrenaline rush that you didn't get to see because you walked away, Dab. I don't know if this is like a, a common magic player thing. I don't talk about this much with people. I assume it is. Um, I hate when my lands are mismatched. Um, and I have, I have piles, like I have mountains of full arts because they put it in every set now. But none of my full arts are like from the same set. I don't have enough to make a full commander deck with these, and it drives me nuts. So I just grabbed like thirty-two basic planes for a deck I was building. Um, so let's let's talk about the con a little bit. I got there bright and early Friday morning, and sort of immediately hit the ground running. It was split up into these different zones. Uh, there was a free play area. There was a command zone. Uh, notably. This was a critique that they've gotten in the past where the command zone was sort of walled off and exclusive to, um, uh, I think there was like a price point that you had to hit on your ticket in order to get that. They got the feedback from that and completely removed the restriction from the command zone, which was super nice. We got to talk a little bit with the staff. Uh, Robbie only met them, I think, sort of in passing, but the guys who run the con um, did a phenomenal job. Like the staff was nothing but helpful. It was incredibly well done. Like, honestly, zero complaints, entirely praise from our end. Um, Robbie, did you find those cards in passing? Did you want to explain your Yes, little... I did. Sure. Uh, just real quick, I hit, uh, I put Boon of Boisiju, I think I'm saying that right, on Dvorinclex, and then Overwhelming Stampede for the entire group. So with my Elf Ball deck, um, with the Vorinclex that I just got out of a pack, earlier that day literally pulled it and so it's like to right yeah in put him right in um was able to throw that little swing but no the the people that ran it uh we got to talk with them we the first like half hour that's all i did when we got i got there on sunday it, the guys were so nice and so like welcoming and made you feel they, they made you feel like we were important <laughs> which like i don't feel like we're there yet but it was cool like we were you had the media pass. They only gave us one media pass, sadly. We couldn't get a second, um, which didn't didn't matter at all. I just had to pay for a ticket. Um, but it was really cool. They made they were very accommodating, especially for you. Um, so yeah, you, you can speak on speak more on that though. Yeah, I, I mean, so one of the big things was like I I wanted to be able to arrange certain interviews and have like communication and stuff that I could sort of take back to our fan base and say like, look, this experience was a lot and it did a lot for us and here's what it meant to me and blah, blah, blah. And facilitating that was entirely out of my hands, which was the nicest part. I literally gave them a list of like, hey, you know, if I get the chance, could I talk to these guys and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I did not have to lift a finger, man. Like everything was set up for us. Um, and that's why when I, my wife called me after that first day 
And she's like, hey, how'd it go? Did you get to play a lot of games? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, oh, I didn't get to play at all. Um, which was a good problem because I spent the whole time like meeting designers and and meeting like we met the command zone people and loading ready run and like a lot of these other big names. And it was just a testimony to like how well the thing was set up. And we've yeah. had interviews in the past. It's sort of a famous thing <laughs> among the Infinity Bros where like we try to set up interviews ourselves and either like there's a conflicting schedule or a misunderstanding or one minor thing. And suddenly like we're ghosted and we don't get that interview. Um, and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's really yeah. hard for us to go through that. And so um, the fact that like everything was so accommodating and not just that, but the content creators, man, like some of the most genuine and nice people you'll meet and, you know, whether a big name or a small name, everybody was quick to be like, oh yeah, you know, we, we enjoy this, blah, blah, blah. And people talk about how Magic the Gathering is dead, which is so silly to me, especially when you look at events like this. Do people say that? Is that Oh, thing? all the time, man. Like, okay, so. Ooh, is this like old school players or what? It's, there's a lot of things. So, so one of the first things that hit was like, I think Walking Dead, right? When the Walking Dead secret layer first came out, they're like, this kills Magic. Because oh, it was okay. an IP outside of the original. Yeah, Secret Layer kills magic. That's, that's and then Magic Thirty with with like the 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 issues that went on with those packs and the misunderstandings there. And then there was a Secret Layer Commander deck that took a while to get shipped out, and people were like, "This is killing magic." They fixed that with the new Commander deck. That's already that's already on people's doorsteps. We'll talk about that because that was wild. I got to meet with some of the Secret Layer and the communications oh, yeah, team right. and stuff, um, and I'll talk specifically about that Secret Layer because it's. Guys, it is wild, the story behind that. So so there's a whole thing where, like, every time something even remotely goes wrong or even is perceived as wrong, they're like, this kills magic. Um, and the conventions were one of them because the command zone was, like, paywalled or whatever, which they fixed that, right? Like, they listened to the feedback and made it better. This is, like, the best convention or event I've been to, like, not just in magic, but of all time. And I was just at uh, Minnesota Con a few months ago. This was above and beyond what that was, and it was in the same right the same convention center. But MagicCon demanded multiple big rooms and all the little small rooms, um, whereas like the Minnesota Con, which you know is comic books are and comic book movies are like the biggest thing in the world right now, had one room and that w- and it was empty most of the time. So like Magic is Magic is doing just fine. I if if for, for any two cents that I can add magic is doing just fine. There is an interview that's coming out soon. If it's not already out by the time this airs, um, we have, we sent it to um, a professional friend of ours to help do the editing. Um, so when that comes out, you'll hear the interview that I'm talking about, but I, I can't remember if it was Graham from loading ready run or Josh from uh, Commando, but they basically said like, you know, when people say stuff like that, you know, magic is dead. Like for that person, it probably is Right. Because they've they've already given up. Like if that is the line that you can't cross in order to be a Magic fan, fine. Like it's it's not for you any longer. But for everybody else, this was a hundred percent the gathering, right? Like this was the community aspect, the joy, the excitement of the new sets. Um, like, okay, I at that point I had had a headache coming into this because I've been traveling and I've been sick. And um, <laughs> sorry, we were on stage. I was right next to the stage when they were doing the announcements of like the new sets and what was coming up. And dude, when they talked about Dr. Who and Lord of the Rings, it was like deafening. Like I had to stop and plug my ears cause it was so loud. 
how excited people were about the new product. So like magic is the furthest it can be from dead in 2023. And this convention proves that. I can speak only on the Lord of the Rings set coming out. Yeah, yeah. I'm now, I, I've been now in magic long enough that I know that there are going to be sets that like suck and like sets that you can just completely skip unless you like look through the card list and find a few cards that you're like, okay, I'll buy singles of those, but I'm not going to waste my money on anything else. I feel like I've been around long enough. I'm worried that Lord of the Rings is going to be like the bad set this year because we've had <laughs> a bunch of really good sets, but then Aftermath happened. I'm like, yes, Aftermath's the bad set. It's like the little stupid <laughs> stepbrother that no one wants. There's like two cards people want out of, out of Aftermath and that's it. You say that. Okay, you say that, but like, I think this is like a, a, a individual perception thing because to me, I looked at Aftermath and I'm like, Karn is all gas. That's what Ka- Karn's one of them. Yeah, Kalix is all gas, and that's probably just because like it goes really good in Voltron deck. I have. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is, like, is like, I like. Um, I, I think there's very specific like this set is for you if you like limited. This set is for you if you like whatever or buy singles. That that's what I have been seeing. I have been seeing a lot of people saying buy singles because what I because my whole realm into Magic is looking at other people opening packs. Like that's that if I can bring anything to the table, it's what are people pulling? How often are they pulling? Um, and the aftermath set is a terrible pull. You're just gonna get the same like six cards a bunch of times, and then you'll get the the Zarn and you'll be like, Yes, but or Karn, sorry. Karn. Um, and that'll be like your one shining moment, but that will not make up for the fifty plus dollars that you already spent. Okay, I'm again we met with some of the design team. Yeah. Um and they said like they're they have a lot of experiments that they're trying, which is good. I think you know that's how you keep a, a game alive. I don't think aftermath was necessarily a hit. There's the there's five a thing. pack boosters is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Yeah. There's a thing that I want to like. They did this. This is what they moved away from, and I hope that some way we can find our way back to this. So what they used to have, Robbie, is every like block was three sets. Right when they wanted to tell a story, there was three sets within the world of that story. Right. And I can't remember when the shift was. I want to say it was like Khans of Tarkir, maybe even before that, that they got away from that. And if you think about like like Dominaria United, Brothers War, if they would have had a third set on Dominaria, I think we would have seen a lot of cool things. And then you have All Will Be One, March of the Machines, and then Aftermath would have been a full set, right? That would have completed the... I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's an experiment that kind of failed. But to get back to like what I was saying... Lord of the Rings doesn't feel like that at all. Like I've, I've not talked to a single person, whether they're a Lord of the Rings fan or not, who is like, this set is stupid. I don't want this. The ring thing is interesting to me, but the art is enough for me to buy it. Like that's the thing. I'm going to buy it no matter what, no matter what I'm buying it. There's two controversies and I'm wondering which you're referring to. There is the serialized one ring. Is that what you're referring to? No, it's more of just the mechanic of the ring and how okay. does that work in the game. I love I love the one ring thing. The thing that I am a full believer in is that there's no way this is just in some random pack out in the wild. Yeah, you are for sure they put this in. They know which box They know is exactly where this is going. So, okay, here's my thought. One of two things is going to happen. Either this gets opened at like a really public event, like a Magic Fest or a Command Fest or whatever. Okay, well, for, before you before you hear that, first talk about what the one ring is, because people who maybe just 
jumped in and just don't know what it is. Okay, so there is there's sort of a few things that they're doing to like honor the ring. Um, so the soul ring is the biggest like magic card in Commander, right? It's if if our format had like a black lotus or something famous, it's it's the soul ring, right? And so they're making exclusive amounts based on like the different races, right? Um, so I think it's nine for men, right? Seven for the elves and three for dwarfs. Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah. Somebody who's a Lord of the Rings fan will correct me. So there's seven thousand or nine thousand copies of like elven soul rings. There's seven thousand of the or sorry of human ones. Seven thousand of the elves, and then three thousand of the dwarves, and then there is the one ring. Now, this is not a mechanically exclusive one ring. There are multiple printings of this, but there is one singular that says one of one and is written in the like Lord of the Rings script. It is foil and it is like the only card. It's like a rainbow print type to it. It's one. It's a one of one, meaning there is only one. It is the one ring. It's in a set booster somewhere, right? Like it is, they confirmed it's going to be in a set booster and it's going to be somewhere. Now, it's going to be in a set booster. I believe it's it. not it's, a collector's. I, I don't think it's in a collector's booster. I had not heard if it was, if it was just not going to be in a draft. Like it's going to be in a set or above is what I thought was going to be the whole premise. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Let me, let me double check this. I'm what they should do is put it in a, in a, a box. Put it in a booster box <coughs> or a bundle no, box. There's, there's, oh yeah, that would make sense. Be like, it's in a bundle box somewhere. Cause then it's like, at least like safe, you know? <laughs> oh no, you are correct. It's in a collector's booster. Oh gosh. Um, So it's going to make people like, you know, oh, people are going to go. Gosh, it's going to be booster. scary. Cause, cause I don't in store collector's boosters are Way overpriced. My issue with you putting it in a collector's booster and putting it at like a Walmart or Target, every single I can go to my Walmart right now and I will take pictures. Yeah. Every single one of those collector booster boxes is open and cards are removed. Right? I don't care if it's tagged for security. I don't care if it's behind glass. Every time I buy a collector booster from one of the big names, it's already previously been open. Right? Yeah, it's been messed. And so I think, and a lot of people have talked about this they're going to see that box. Like an employee is going to be in charge of making sure that box gets to somebody who's going to open it and know what it is. And like, it's going to be at a con, right? Like Barcelona, like what is it? It's Barcelona, right? Barcelona is the big one. That's someone's going to, yeah. Like they're going to say it's in a random pack, but then someone at Barcelona is going to open it. Like you guys said this, but come on, we need to talk about this. Okay. So, have you seen the serialized cards that came out with March of the Machine? Of course, yeah. It's like the the people everybody's going for the 420 or the 69. Yeah, it's, and it's the yeah. one and there's 500 of all of these right. different cards. Yeah. So, one thing that people are like really really frustrated with is these keep going into the hands of like TCG player and, you know, Card Kingdom and all these like big name Companies are opening these. That's that's the Pinkerton thing, right? R- well, no, that's a whole dude. I, we don't have time for that. <laughs> that's all another thing. I don't know. I I keep hearing the Pinkerton joke, but I haven't looked into it. I'll do my own research. If you have, I'm not. Research, <laughs> go look, look that up. Look up Pinkerton and magic. I'll 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 do my own as well. So what happens is, in order to like move the product quickly, the day it comes out, right? So let's say, um, I want I want Calyx for my Voltron deck. He came out in Aftermath, and I need him, like, tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. 
what the companies will do, what these big stores will do, is they'll buy a bunch of boxes and they'll just open them themselves to like stock their products, right? Yeah, right. So if you're opening that many products, they open up, I can't remember the figure, but it's pretty staggering. Like 75 to 80% of boxes that are opened are opened by these big companies. Right. So if you're just going through that much product, you're going to get more of those serialized cards just because you're opening more packs than anyone else. And people lose their minds over this because they're like, oh, they... How do I get that job? Exactly. So they're like, well, you know, they're just getting stuff from Magic for free and blah, blah, which is not true. So my fear is, and I'm fully expecting this to happen, TCG, Card Kingdom, or like one of these big companies... Somebody, yeah. ...is going to open the one ring. I'm calling it now. Because they open the bulk of the product. Like, of course they're going to be the ones to open it. That would be like what we were talking about before, is that Magic like knows where this is and they make sure that like that's what i'm saying i think it goes into the hands here's what i think they if they know who has it which if you're wizards i know they say it's random but i like you would see it right yeah i would make sure it gets into the hands of like somebody who is maybe a small-time content creator or somebody Mm -hmm. like adjacent to a bigger content creator who can be like hey I got the card. Can we talk about this? And then this whole atmosphere blows up and people are talking about how cool the card is and blah, blah, blah. It's Willy Wonka. This is the golden ticket. This is the golden ticket, but there's just one of them. This card will be, it will match the Black Lotus eventually. Like there's the, only one of it. Yeah. Like, there's so many printings of the Black Lotus now. Like, and that's its whole other thing. But like, yeah. there's one of one of these. And it's like a huge IP that everyone loves. So, like, you have Magic Collectors, you have Lord of the Rings Collectors. Like, this is card is a big, big deal. This is the joke I've been making to Christian. I, I tell her, like, you know, I'm going to bu- buy a bunch of these collector booster boxes. I'm yeah. going to get the one ring. And then I'm just going to, like, call Post Malone. I don't have his number. <laughs> and I'm gonna we're going to buy a new house. Like, that's what we're going to do with the one right. ring. Like, right. Because um, whoever opens that is just going to be sh- – like – it's it's like opening the lottery, right? Like you cannot tell anyone until you call a lawyer. If yeah. you're listening to this, if you're an Infinity Bros fan and you happen to pull the one ring, first of all, just you know, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Um, and second, yeah, don't right. tell anyone. Call a lawyer immediately. But that's the thing, and what I don't like is that scalpers are going to go crazy. People that, that- there's going to be so many fakes. And, and and that's oh yeah but the thing is like this happened with pokemon um after logan paul was like huge into pokemon he was just opening packs like crazy oh yeah and then pokemon went nuts and then scalpers just started buying all of the product oh sure like they had no care in the world for any of it they were just buying it because they know they could resell it so now you're going to have scalpers that just buy the collector's boosters and the people like me or you that want the collector's boosters are not going to be able to find them like they, you are not going to see them in store, and then those people are going to charge double for them, or they're going to be idiots. Like and the PlayStation gonna, Five, yeah, yeah, or they're going to be idiots and they're going to open them and realize, oh, this is not worth thirty dollars. Like, because you're you're probably like the the one ring's not going to be sitting at Walmart. It's not going to happen. I would not be shocked if within the first week we have a report on who has the one ring. So that that would be my thing, but I just know that if you have a chance to buy a collector's booster, you better buy it because 
you're not going to find them. So we we got a lot of stuff about Lord of the Rings. I was excited. I think the stuff that they revealed was pretty cool. They talked about. They finally told us what being tempted by the ring was. Yeah. I want to I wanted to ask your opinion on this. So they when they announced it on stage, we were all like the crowd was positive. Um, I think just because we were excited to know what it does, and like, okay, being tempted by the ring in Magic is net positive. There's no downside to being tempted by the ring except for like it gives people an incentive to hit you with their creatures, right? So people are furious about this because in the lore, being tempted by the ring is bad. I I am of the mindset that like, if they design this in such a way where it's a negative thing, like why would you want to play with that mechanic? Yeah. But what do you feel about this? Because people are like genuinely really upset about this. This is another like, this is killing magic thing. Aren't there certain cards that have negative effects? Yeah. Like if the the ring tempts them. So the ring itself. No, no, no. There's no there's no downside for being tempted by the ring. Really? The the one ring, which is the serialized or you know, non-serialized version that we're talking about, yeah. does have downsides. That card, the more you use it, the more it'll hurt you. Right. And it's designed well for to be like, hey, this thing is very good, but also like will kill you over yeah. time. But the mechanic of being tempted by the ring, which we were unsure about before this event, was revealed. It is all upside, which I am okay with. But the magic community is not like people are very mad about. This. Do you think that people would have been louder if it would have hurt you? If by someone like if someone just playing the ring in a commander game played one, and then it just hurts everybody. Sure. Like they would have been more upset. I feel like. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I. I don't know. I. I feel like that's a tough mechanic to win on. Like it's a. It, it's a tough mechanic for them to be like, it does this and everyone's happy, you know? Yeah. I think, I, I you think make they it so well. it's, yeah, you make it so it's not game breaking. Right. And you make it so it doesn't hurt you. So you want to use it. I think anytime they can introduce like a, cause, cause this is the thing, right? Magic has been around since oh, I can't remember 91, 92. We should, we're talking about magic. We should be experts on this, but <laughs> I mean, magic has been around for a very long time. Right. And so when they look at it, Oh, 93, cause it was just the 30 year. Maybe right. it's 92 cause it's the 30 year anniversary. They have to keep it fresh. Right. And there's right. only so many like new ways to design the same cards. And so we talked about Monarch is one of the biggest things in commander right now, just cause it's like a, it's a fun way to change up the game. The initiative changed and broke many formats, right? Even though dungeons weren't super strong, the initiative had an effect on it. Yep. Then you had Plane Chase being reintroduced with the new uh, All Will Be One Commander. I actually have the Plane Chase cards over there. And that was one of my favorite mechanics from the Plane Chase products back in the day, right? Like I had those giant size cards sitting under my bed in the shoebox because I was like, this is the funnest thing to play. And so to me, this mechanic of like, having a ring bear and being able to track that and the abilities that they get. I think it's just a new, exciting, fun way to play the game. And like, if you don't want to use that, fine, don't, don't build it in your deck. Cause, and then the other thing is like, if you make it a negative effect, yeah, there are, there are decks that live on negative effects. Sure. But somebody can find a way to turn it into positive for sure. Right. So it's like, I don't know. There's another way, like if you balance it the other way, that they decided not to go, then those people have an advantage with it. I don't, I don't know. I sure. just, it's, I like, think have it's you, fine. I'm not mad yeah. about it. Have you ever heard of Death Shadow? Do you know what this is? Okay, Death Shadow is, um, it's like a 13-13 or something, and you get, I should know this off the top of my head, that basically the card gets stronger the less life you have. 
Mm. And so there's a whole deck in modern about like just like hitting yourself really hard as quickly as possible to get this giant creature out. Sure. And so like people are like madness and um, playing hellbent without cards in your hand is like a positive for some decks. So like people will find a way to turn the negative into a positive. It's just deck building, guys. Figure it out. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. If you do, if you don't like the mechanic, don't play the mechanic. Like it's that simple. So we got Lord of the Rings. We got Doctor Who. Are you a Who guy? I'm not. Not at all. Don't know. I'm not. I'm not against it. I just don't know. I know nothing about it. The the fan. The, okay. Th- this is one of those fan bases that like they may not be large in number, but boy, do they like they they might be an inch wide and a mile deep. Like they go mm-hmm. hard for their fandom. Um, so that was cool to see the people excited about that. I, I don't know much about the IP. I've watched like two episodes, um, but people were losing their mind and like, good for you guys. I'm glad you got your thing. Everyone's going to get their thing eventually. Yeah. The, like, the, the Godzilla people deck. got their thing. Like people will get their thing. The secret layer deck that came out, and this is 100% my thing. I am not in a place right now where I want to spend another 130 on yeah. a new uh, commander deck. But well, it was limited, wasn't it? It is a limited print run, but as far as I know, it is still available. Okay. So so they learned from some of their previous mistakes. They yep. made it harder for the bots to buy it up because that's what happened with one of the other sets. And then um, because of the – there was a Fibble Fip uh, coin fl- – not a Fibble Fip, a Zendikar, or Zen, Zender and Okun like flip deck that they did before. And that one was very difficult to get from like – people purchasing the product to printing it to getting into their hands. And it took longer than they were. And so this was one of the conversations that I was able to have with the design team and the, the, the like press team. They said, Hey, you know, we've ironed out a lot of these problems. The deck that you see us playing today, this was on Saturday. You can buy this as early as like three days from now. And it's literally as fast as we can ship it to you. Right? Like some people had it in their hands like a couple days after the event, like the day it released, they got it in their mailbox. Um, and this was so cool. And okay. I got to talk to um, Steve Sunu, who check him out on Twitter. Great guy, just a phenomenal person. So he piloted the deck. I got to play in a private commander match with him and uh, Zach. Which they did not uh, let us film. Right. <laughs> we sadly. could film it, but we could take pictures. We got to uh, me and Zach of the eternal Dirtles. Um, got to play against him, and it was phenomenal. This deck was great. And I asked because the first card that we saw, we actually got a preview of the night before in a Game Nights game, right? Mm -hmm. So they got on stage, and he's like, hey, what's this Westvale Abbey that I have? And he played the card. I'll (laughs) Like, if this gets up on TikTok or whatever, we'll show you pictures of it. The the pictures will be up on our website as well. And it was like this really cutesy art of like a butterfly flying through the field. Yeah. And then they showed the backside, and it is like, (laughs) <laughs> it's wild man yeah it is like some some like metal band movie poster type thing on the backside, and i was like this is what like what is going on they're like oh it's an upcoming secret layer event you'll find out about it later right got to play against it the next day after they showed it off on stage this is the coolest thing i've ever seen like i don't know who came up with this idea for like the really cute art style on the front and then the like really heavy metal like art style on the back it's the cute to brew yeah, it's so on point it's and fantastic. like aptly named too. So the commander decks in general are have been getting like nothing but better. Yeah, and this one particularly was was like designed for Magic players by Magic. I actually got in an argument on Twitter over this. Somebody was like, "This looks like just a pile of cards that was thrown together," and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, we want to charge 
you know, $130. So we got to make it like just really nice cards, but they don't synergize. That is a lie. That is a like full blatant lie. Like this is, it is cute in that like it does a lot of value things. Mm-hmm. And then once you see the little synergies line up, this is one of the most devastating decks I've ever played against. And so it really lives up to the name. Like it is a hundred percent like who won that game, by the way. Steve did. He trashed us, man. It wasn't Did he really? Yeah. With that deck. With that deck. Well, there you go. There you go. What deck did you did you use one of your good decks? Explain that. I had Palladium Wars. So I have a Palladium Wars or it's an aura-based Voltron deck. Um, so I pulled Palladium Wars at a um draft event, and she was phenomenal. I think the the like weird temporary hex proof, this was before they gave keyword counters. Mm-hmm. Um, is it was like a cool thing to build around. So I built an Elder Dragon Highlander deck out of it. Um, and I wanted to have an actual Elder Dragon, Elder Dragon Highlander. So I bust out my deck, and it's pretty powerful. Um, the joke is, is like everybody's deck's a seven. I would say it's slightly above that, right? And um, Zach had a, a Garth One Eye Gates deck. So it was like a lot of the old cards Garth was spitting out in the form of like copied tokens. And then Gates, Gates are one of those like mechanics that seems really surface level, like this is not good. And then the moment you spend a little time looking at it, you realize like it's a stronger thing than it, it looks like. Yeah. So game starts out. We're all kind of just like building our value engines, you know, getting the table set, getting getting like the stuff we need to actually play the game. Mm-hmm. And he starts, Steve, who's piloting the Cute Brute deck, starts spitting out these like little pieces of value, right? A lot of them were like the flip cards from Ixalan, right? So I think he had Search for Ascanta. He had Azer's Gateway. And I can't remember what else he had out. And as he's like recruiting value, I can't, I like, I don't feel good hitting him because I'm like, he's not really doing anything. He's not super advancing his board state. It's just like a little pieces of things that will get him value later. And so I immediately look to Zach, who's, you know, building up his gates and stuff. And he's got creatures on the board. So I'm like, okay, I'll swing in at him. And immediately Zach starts putting out all of his gates and he gets close to, there's a card called, um, Maze's End. And Robbie, I'll, I'll explain this for you and for people who may not know magic very well. Maze's End, once you get nine mazes, or nine, sorry, nine gates onto the battlefield and mm-hmm. you pay the banner and you tap it, you just win the game on the spot. You just win the game, sure. So he's getting super close to doing this as me and him are like just beating, the, <laughs> beating on each other and stuff and he's trying to like save me off. And to me, my threat assessment is like, Zach's got this, you know, secret, or not Zach, sorry, Steve has this secret layer deck yeah. It's doing things, but it's not scary yet. You're not scared of it yet. Yeah. It's it's cute, right? Like that's the it's not threatening to me right now. Um, and I'm like, it will be eventually, but like I'll deal with him when the time comes. And Zach was the immediate threat because I knew like once he gets all all nine gates and, and mazes in, like that's the game. So we work hard, we take out Zach, and I turn my focus and attention back to like what's going on on Steve's board state. Yeah. And all of his stuff is flipping to the, to the like demonic metal posters uh, to the metal band side. And that, that, at that point, I'm like, there is not like, there's not a card I can pull off the top of my deck that fetches me out of this. There's no heart of the cards for you. Nothing I could play would win this game for us. And so I think like, not only is it obviously like thematically, as far as like, you know, how it's designed with the cute on one side and brute on the backside. And then 
almost every card in there is a flip card, which was cool. I'm I'm looking at the deck list right now, and yeah, like yeah, the first twenty creature cards are all flip cards. But it plays that way, right? Like it doesn't look threatening at first. It looks like the cute side of the cards. I was not scared of his board state for the longest time, and then once it was too late and everything had flipped from the value side to the oops, this is an Avengers level threat side. Mm-hmm. There is nothing I could do, and so <laughs> look, I, I'm I'm sitting here saying like buy this deck if you have the money and you're even remotely interested buy this deck here's the thing this deck if it's 130 or 150 or whatever it is it's worth 320 i'm looking at it on a mtg goldfish right now it's at 316 so like if you just want the cards you're making over double your money just on the cards and the the special the cute to brute ones the art on those ones just those cards is probably going to go up it's all. It's only going to increase. It's if you don't want this, go up. you can sell it down the line for even more. And right. if you're a fan of this podcast, if you're listening right now and you're like, ah, this looks cool, but like, I don't need all those cards. I'm going to take them out and like replace them with my own. Um, you can, hey, listen, you can get in contact with me. I will take those uh, Nickel Bullets, the <laughs> Ravagers off your hand. Yeah. Just real quick. If you're listening to this at home and you're not watching a, a video version of this, Pull up the art for the cute to brute Nicol Bolas. The front side is Ugin and Nicol Bolas as baby dragons, which mm-hmm. already phenomenal. This is my, I don't talk about it enough. Nicol Bolas is the best. And this is my favorite Nicol Bolas card. But the backside with him standing over the body of his brother and like you could see the blood spray. And I'm like, holy cow, they did not have to go. Uh, what's there. the guy's name? It's God Machine, I think, is the guy who did the backside. Mm-hmm. Holy, you did not have to go that hard for us, but I'm glad you did. So if you don't want your Nickel Bullis, the Ravager, just, just get in contact with me. I will take it off your hands. There you go. There's your cell right there. I'm just looking. I've just I've never seen this card, the Westville Abbey card. And it turns in their Ormondale Profane Prince. Oh, my goodness. This is This whole deck is crazy. Look at okay, look at the front side of the card. And that's that's only that's all we saw on game nights was that front side with like the butterflies. Yeah. And they're like, hey, would you are you guys curious to see what the back side of this looks like? And I'm picturing like mm-hmm. maybe they made Ormondel like this giant fairy or something, because the front side's so adorable. And they flipped it over and I was like, that's not what I thought this that's was. That's not what be. it was supposed to be. What? <laughs> yeah, it's phenomenal. Guys, go check out the seat. And I believe. I'm trying to think of when we would get this episode out. But if you go check, obviously that should still be available. They're trying to keep that window open as long as they can. Yeah. And the secret layer drops from the spring super drop should also still be available. And there's some real bangers in there. Um, I thought about buying the one that has uh, Nezahal in it to get the cool like Power Ranger token coins or whatever. But um, because there's a whole Power Ranger theme going through Ixalan and I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've noticed those. I'm like, this is if if Max uh, Infinity Bro Max ever got into Magic, he would he would just get all those and be a five color, and that's all he would do. do. I just I feel like I have to send one of these to Max in order. We to should we should collect them. I have a few of them. What like we'll get together and we'll we'll send those to him. <laughs> so we got the secret layer. Um, we got we got the interviews. This weekend was jam packed. Um, we got to play games with a bunch of people. I, I wish I had time to name all the people we could bump into. Um, got conversations with Covert Go Blue. Uh, Krim was super busy. We tried to get him on for another like quick thing, but dude, that poor guy. Yeah, yeah. You you said you talked to Krim, um, and he was apologetic that he like we couldn't get a. Uh, he was super nice, and like, and like we don't blame him. Yeah, 
but he was so busy that he couldn't go to the bathroom. Like we were walking by the bathroom one time and there were people like trying to talk to the dude while he was going to the bathroom. And you could hear Krim like just being as nice as he can be in the bathroom. But like, guys, leave him alone. This is for anyone in the community. Leave the dude alone in the bathroom. He walked in and we hear we're outside and Robbie and I just hear like, oh my gosh, you're the Asian Avenger. And Krim was like, yeah, hey, how's it going? And I could I could hear his soul die a little bit as he's like, I just got to pee, guys. Like, let me go. Because while there are, like, famous people in Magic, and, and Crip's probably up there because MTG Goldfish does very does very well. Oh, for sure, for sure. This event wasn't going to give them, like, their own special bathroom to use. Yeah. Like, so they had to go use the same bathroom everyone else is using, and then they were just, he was getting bombarded. And I was like, dude, that's just, come on. Come on, guys, put on some deodorant, leave Crim alone. Just real quick, if this is your first time listening, I do want to quickly plug our rating system, so that'll go here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. Since you brought it up, I got to ask the question, because... <laughs> I was a victim of this for three days, and boy, did I suffer. Um, first of all, how did you rank your experience at at the con, just in general? I had a blast. It was it was much better than Minnesota Con. And Minnesota Con was fine, but this was this was so cool. They had statues everywhere. Everywhere you went, there was like small interactions that you could do. You got a card just by showing up. Like it was, it was, it was awesome. Like, and, and, and the vendors were all super nice. It wasn't like this big pushy thing. You go talk to an artist and he was, they would just be nice. Like we were talking about the, uh, uh, barge barge guy. What's, yeah. Wizard of barge. Wizard yeah. of barge has like 400,000 followers on Instagram. We just walked up to his booth at the end of the day and we talked to him. You told him about how there's murderers on the train he was the coolest guy ever. Seriously, the most genuine, like, down-to-earth nice dude. He was so cool. But, like, at Minnesota Con, like, you'd have, like, these actors who were cool in the 70s, and they had, like, security around them, and you couldn't even wave to them. I'm like, it's it's not that deep, guys. Like, we moved on. Like, you can just walk around, and people will just say hi to you. Like, you'll be okay. But, no, it was, it was awesome. I would give the entire experience um, a... 5.5 out of 6 I'm because for some reason this weekend Baldur's Gate was like the set to buy and we couldn't find any Baldur's Gate dude that um, was a wild thing boxes I yeah. just wanted a booster box cuz we we were we were hurt uh we were uh, hunting the ancient bronze dragon um and we didn't find one well you the did two, yeah <laughs> after the fact the two things that we wanted you wanted um you wanted the Baldur's Gate cards yeah I was looking for the Fibblethip secret layer, which, by the way, finally, after, like, I took so long. Okay, I've hunted this thing online. I have hunted this thing on eBay. I went to the con and hunted. I've been to I hunted. I hunted in, in St. Cloud. Literally the last day, like, a couple hours before the convention closes, I found it in, like, a random booth hidden, like, in the corner of one of the, the vendor areas. Mm. Gosh, I was so excited. So so six or sorry, you said five and a half out of six because Baldur's Gate was apparently gone. The weirdest thing because that's yeah. a set no one likes except for like the three or four dragons that are in it. It was yeah, I mean not not a crazy popular set. Um, and then because you brought it up, 
the smell and hygiene of the con. I, it wasn't as bad on Sunday when I was there. That's true. Yeah. Because you said Saturday was bad. Yeah. I, I, I it was like a three point five. It was fine. Like I didn't have too many issues. Um, and like there was enough space. There was only a few times where you walk by, um, certain people and you like you kind of know, you know when you walk by those people. And I would say the the guy that we played against at the end, the one that I I just stampeded, uh, that guy I knew smelled like you could tell that that guy smelled. The convention for me was the hardest of sixes. I literally could not find a flaw <laughs> in it. Um, my only flaw was like it didn't last long enough, so I didn't get as many games in as I wanted. But mm-hmm. honestly, dude, I I have never had more fun at like an event in my life. The smell though, day one was uh, Friday. Friday was not a lot of people, and it stunk, dude. I don't know. Well, really? I think Friday was pretty hot. And so, like, everybody that showed up just smelled. It was so bad. To the point where, like, they had a vending machine. This was great. I love that they did this. They had a vending machine for, like, basic metal, medical supplies, which was really cool because I kept yeah. getting headaches and I had sinus problems. So I bought – I think I bought those strips that, like, open your nose a little wider for the first night. And then – I, I bought a stick of deodorant because I was paranoid that, like, I was the one who smelled, which thankfully right. I wasn't. Yep. And then, like, that thing got cleaned out the first day. And then Saturday, I think I don't, I don't know what the actual demographics of the event were. Saturday felt like it had, like, three times as many people as either of the other days. It was so packed. Like, you couldn't move without bumping into somebody. And holy cow was the smell horrendous. And that, yeah, you can't avoid the smell then. There, it Like, it was the whole venue. And... Robbie, we talked about this a little bit. At the same time that MagicCon was going on, there was like a cheerleading convention in the like bottom level of the... Those poor girls must have just had to walk through like the worst BO imaginable. What a weird mix. Like, I, the fir- when we first walked in on Sunday, I was like, you can tell exactly who's going to MagicCon and who's going to, who's the, going to the cheerleading thing. Yeah. Like, it's the easiest tell ever. <laughs> it was great. I loved that, actually. Yeah, we, we met some great people. The smell was not great, but that's all right because we had a good time. Um, yeah, and we you know we got to shake a lot of hands, introduce people to the podcast who had never heard of us. Yep. And like genuinely, I, I talk we talk about this quite a bit because like fandoms can be pretty toxic, and there is like a perception that magic is toxic, and I think it ha- like a few bad eggs tends to spoil people's experiences for a long time. Right. I, I almost I talked about it before. I won't go into the whole story again. I almost quit Magic after my first Commander game. Like it was so miserable. The guy I played against really? was just an absolute jerk. And so like I like to me, I almost was completely done with Magic. I almost sold my collection and left. But this was not that right. Like we talk about Star Wars fans being toxic. We talk about yeah. Marvel fans being well, toxic, they are, which they are right. Star- DC Star Wars fans. DC fans are just hanging on to whatever they can get. Yeah, the the well, okay, we, <laughs> the DC fans and the Snyder Bros are like a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a side category. Yeah, we, we, I don't want to talk about them. But if you wanted to base your Magic event on this convention, Magic fans, Magic content creators, and the people behind the scenes are some of the most genuine people you'll ever meet in life. There's not a content creator, an artist. Jo- I mean, jo- I got to meet Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy, and Kathleen, and Graham seriously the nicest people i I bumped into graham after i i don't know what we were doing you and i were just oh i was eating because i forgot to eat one of the days and i, I made sure you out. ate yeah, yeah yeah um so on sunday 
I, we were, we took a moment. I finally got some food in my system so I didn't pass out again. And Graham happened to be walking by. And I'm like, this is Graham of Loading Ready Run. Everybody knows his name. If you even like magic adjacent, you know who Graham is. He's the bear guy, right? And I saw him passing and I was like, maybe I can get a conversation in, with him real quick and just thank him for the interview that he did. And I was like, but he's probably too busy. He probably doesn't want to talk to me. He stopped everything and like had a genuine interaction with me. And he could have just been like, yeah, man, it's good. Good good to see you. Like, I'm glad we got to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then left. But right. he stopped and asked me like, hey, you know, what did you think about it? Or, and seriously, dude, everybody was so nice. Six out of six this event. Yeah. And this was uh, just as like the content creator guy now on social media that I've been trying to be like, I was intimidated to like talk to people because yeah. it's just not my thing. But like so many of the artists that we talked to, so many of the people were so engaging and like just open to conversation that like it made it comfortable to like just have open conversation with these guys. And that was the coolest thing. Cause at the end we just, we were like, I was looking for like a token for my elf deck so that we could go play. And we were just walking by the artist booths and like all of the artists were so friendly. They didn't care if you were buying anything. They were just nice, which is cool. It was, it was great. Good to meet him. All, all this to say, like, if you get the opportunity to go to an event like this, I, obviously, like, there's no guarantee that your experience will be exactly ours because, you know, each convention is a little different. It depends on the city and the staff running it and stuff. But go. Like, seriously, just go. It's worth the money. I would have paid to do this again. Obviously, we got in for free because of our press, but... You got in for free. Yeah, yeah this is an <laughs> event I, I would have paid full price for. Like, I would have gone to this and, and got my money's worth out of it. Um and so, yeah, like, check this out. We wanted to talk a little bit about Aftermath, but I feel like we've kind of... <laughs> we hit on it a little bit, so I think we're we're good. This is the first of, hopefully, the first of many. I wanted to pitch this back to you. If you're listening to this, if you've been here, and you're interested in more, like, magic-specific content from us, um, obviously, Robbie and I are all in on this. Um, Isaac has a deck, and he's, like, sort of dipping his toes. Dude, that guy is going to lose his mind when Lord of the Rings comes out. Yeah. Like, I guarantee we lose him down the pipeline to just, like, just pack addiction. He's going to become a different person. I don't know. I don't think Isaac's that guy. Uh, yeah, he's too, He's too like... He's controlled. He has control. Yeah. He's too much of an adult. We're not. Yeah, he'll buy, like, he'll buy, like, a pack and be like, oh, man, I got a pack. <laughs> oh, gosh, guys, we're there. And there'll be, like, nothing in it. And he'll be like, oh, these cards are so cool. And they'll be like, yeah, you should keep opening packs, man. Mark is a collector. Mark has lots. He just doesn't. Mark actually probably, like, I don't know this for a fact. I guarantee if I went to Mark's house, there's probably more cards in his collection than mine, but they're all sealed away in packs. No, not his magic. He showed us all really? his magic. Yeah, okay. yeah. Pokemon, he has. I saw those pictures, amount. but I couldn't, like, they got too blurry when I expanded. He separated the ones that had magic. And he has, he has, he has a few decks, I think is what he's been buying. But, like... I think he's been doing like the clearance buys for magic. He like finds them when they're cheaper and he's like, Oh, okay. I'll pick this up. It's on sale. So we gotta, we gotta figure out like how to get more bros into magic. If you're a magic fan and magic listener or a magic content creator, we'd love to have you on. Um, make sure to check us out at the infinity bros.com. Uh, you can shoot us an email at, uh, infinity bros podcast at gmail.com. And just, just, you know, give us something in the subject note that says, um, uh, magic monthly and like we'll get you on an episode we'll get you on some spell table games 
Um, and that's something we want to kick out to our patrons as well. Uh, yeah. If you want to check us out at Patreon, you can. Uh, the link will be in uh, the show notes. But uh, we do offer exclusive stuff for our patrons, and we would like to get some spell table games going in the future. Um, so if you're interested in that as well, go ahead and shoot us a message and check us out. Um, anything else to plug before we we shift it off? No, it, it just if you, if you like this kind of stuff, let us know because it it lets us know what we should keep making. And if this is what people like, we'll keep pumping it out. Yeah, the feedback helps for sure. And I'd love to I'd love to get people on to talk about their decks, right? Because if you want to get if you want to make a Magic player's day, just give them like time to talk about how they yeah, build their us, decks. Tell us about your deck. <laughs> we want to know. We got to know. We want to know about your deck. Don't keep it a secret from us. What what are you hiding in that deck? I don't know what which I don't know what way we're going with this deck talk, but <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us, Robbie. Thanks a million for for ha- being on this episode. We're both dying right now, but we managed to to pull it through. What we really should have done is started it with who's your favorite commander or something. We should have a question. That's what we should do. Wait, it's a work it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I'm now we're, we're thinking through things. Sorry, that's I, I I was happy to be here. Thanks for they, having me. <laughs> thanks for being on. <laughs> they picked the two guys who like not only had a very busy weekend traveling, but like are both really super, super sick to organize this yeah. thing. But um we're glad to have you guys. Uh we love you 3,000 listeners. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next month for another Magic Monthly. Love three thousand. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.